Hey, good morning and Merry Christmas to you all who are here in person and all of those online. Uh, can we put our hands together and thank the choir again for their work this morning? What a blessing. Uh, there was a lot of prep that went into that, not just for today, but for Friday night that didn't happen. Can we also thank the Crow's Nest, David Pickett and his team every Sunday, every special event. There are people up there who are making this happen, both for those of us in the room and also those of you who are online. I was here early this morning with our security guard, Bobby. It was just the two of us, and I had this campus to myself, just walking around, thanking God for another year of God's faithfulness. It's great to be with you today. I also was reflecting, this is the last Sunday of the year, so just thinking back on the, just the faithfulness of God and all the ways the grace of God has sustained us this year. It's good to be with you. I have in my pocket just a lighter, and hopefully you can see this. <clears throat> you didn't want that to catch on fire. <laughs> Uh, and what I'm, what I'm holding in my hand right now is something that is so small yet so powerful that this little flame, if this were a dark room, it wouldn't light up the whole room, but it would provide a light for the room. Uh, some people would use this to light a cigarette or something else they may smoke. Um, <clears throat> if you're in a place that is dry, like you're out in West Texas or you're out in California, I mean, this right here could start a fire that could destroy things for miles and miles is this a small little flame john chapter 1 verse 4 says that jesus came as life and that life provided light for the world and john chapter 1 verse 9 it says that light the fact that jesus was a light this has enlightened all of humanity so the light that jesus brought into the world is something that has lit up all of us uh, I, was, I showed a video a few weeks ago, and I was so inspired by it, I wanted to somewhat recreate it, because I know water is, uh, we often think of water as something of life, but this morning I want us to think as this water that you see in front of me right now as an obstacle, because sometimes we have these flames, and then there's the stress of life, a lot of the weight we carry, we live in a world with so much connection, yet in a world of so many ways to stay connected, there's ne maybe never been a time when people have felt so disconnected and lonely. There's anxiety that weighs over us, pressure of work and relationships. And sometimes it feels like there's just something that is like, it feels like we're drowning. It feels like life is so overwhelming. And then, you know, we have these things that, that most of us have moments in our lives where we remember what it was like to be like set on fire by God, and then we also know what it's like, like just for a flame to have gone out. And I'm not talking about losing salvation. I'm not talking about falling away from the grace of God. Like we could have that conversation at some point. I'm just talking about that those moments in life we feel like the, that what was lit inside of us is gone, like we're struggling to find that spark again. Because what we've experienced in life, whether it was overwhelming, or weariness, or stress, it's like we just cannot find that, that spark. It's like that fire in us is gone. And today we join churches all over the world who are singing some of the same songs. Rarely is there a Sunday when churches all over the world are singing the exact same songs. But just imagine how many churches all over the world have sung Joy to the World today. Yet today we sing about Joy to the World and we celebrate Jesus coming into this world as, human, as a human. And then do you know what churches around the world will celebrate tomorrow? The martyrdom of Stephen. And churches around the world on December 28th, here in just a few days, you know what they celebrate then? Or celebrate, maybe not celebrate, they, they give voice to on December 28th is the massacre of the innocents. 
So tomorrow's about the death of a martyr. The 28th is about the death of all those babies just a few days after Jesus was born. And I'm not trying to put a damper on today. I'm just trying to help point out that as we sing about joy to the world, we're also reminded that we live in a world that tries so hard to strangle the joy we sing about today. And sometimes we struggle finding that spark. Yet we read about Jesus coming into the world and he's the one who can provide the light again. When we feel like we have been so overwhelmed, like we can't find that spark again, for some of us, we become that light through God that helps light up others again, provides the spark, provides the flame. So in John chapter 1, verse 5, it says, The light came into the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome the light. And make this as personal as you want to make it today. The light... <laughs> has come into your darkness. And the darkness cannot overcome you. The light has come into the darkness of the world and the darkness cannot overcome us. So today, can we put our hands and thank Jesus for being the light of the world. So let me tell you about a time in my life... When for one day I was the husband of the day, maybe the husband of the weekend. And I could also tell you story after story about husband fails, all right? So let me just tell you one where I think I was the husband of the day. Casey and I got married in 2002, and, and I knew when we got married, her, her uh, maid of honor was Adrian, and they were best friends in high school. They may go a long time without talking, but it's that friendship that the moment they reconnect, it's like, it's like they've never been away from each other. Adrian has been Casey's best friend for years. And when Adrian got married, shortly after Casey and I got married, Adrian and her husband relocated out to California, so they stayed connected through, uh, through phone calls. Back then, you had to like, call long distance, so it cost money to talk to people around the country and around the world. So they would stay connected through some email and phone calls, and I thought, you know what, I'm going to send Casey out to California. At the time, Casey was working at a kitchen store. She would tell you today it was the worst job she's ever had in her life. She hated it, all right? Almost all day, it was just her running the store all by herself. So I reached out to her boss. We were friends. And I reached out to her boss, and I said, is there any way Casey can get half of the day off Friday, and she'll be back at work Monday morning, but I don't want Casey to know about it. And the boss said, yeah, we got it. So we set up this plan because I wanted to go all out and doing this. So I, I put together a book. I wrote a book for Casey, and, and it was about 30 pages, all right? I mean, at the time, I was writing a lot of papers for, in college. I was writing sermons on the weekend, so I thought this would be really fun. So I wrote a book, and it was a 30-page book. had a cover on it. I had a friend write a forward for it, had a table of con Like, this was a 30-page book. And then I had one of her co-workers at noon on Friday went in, handed her a book, and said, you're supposed to read this right now. I will take care of your store while you read this book. Casey didn't know I was outside through, watching through the window. I, we didn't have videos on our phones, so I couldn't like video it back then. But, so I'm watching Casey. She reads 30 pages of this book, and the last page of the book said, and now the coworker who's in your workplace right now, she is going to work for you the rest of today because you have a, a flight at 117 to get out to California to see your friend. So I flew her out to California for a full weekend. Now, I knew this, that you can stay connected over a phone 
and over email, but there's nothing like being in the presence of the people you love. That there may be distance between us, and we thank God for the many ways we can stay connected, but there's nothing like shrinking the proximity and being in the presence of the people you love. And I knew for Casey to be in the presence of her friend where they could eat together and sit on the same couch and stay up late and wake up early and laugh together, that would be better than any other form of connection. Now, the last two and a half years have taught us the power of connection virtually. Like, where would we be in so many relationships without Zoom or FaceTime? And, and I think about missionaries around the world, and I think about people in the military station throughout the world, and I'm so thankful for all the ways that we can stay connected. But I've never heard a grandparent say, you know what I would prefer this Christmas? is just to look at pictures of my grandkids and to not be with them at all. And I've rarely heard friends say, I would prefer just an emoji over a handshake or a high five or a hug. Maybe Terry Miller would prefer an emoji and not a hand, handshake or a hug. And I've never heard a spouse in what we would, I think, call a healthy marriage say, I would just rather have a text message with my spouse than to go have a romantic meal with my spouse. And all this to say, God had come up with plans for years to try to let his people know that I am near. And it's almost like God said, the tabernacle, it works, it's good, the tabernacle's a, a reminder of my presence, but we can do better than the tabernacle. Like the temple's good, synagogues are good, like these, these provide places for religious connection and a call to righteousness, and these are good, but we can do better than that. It's almost like God even said, we can provide the Bible and we can provide Scripture. And in the future, it's like, we'll have the New Testament. And then but it's, like God, it's like God was like, hey, but we can, do, we can do better than just the Bible. People need to know God is in flesh. God is with them. So God, his love for humanity stepped into humanity. Like what we celebrate today reminds us that when it comes to God connecting with humanity, saving humanity, like God went all in, like all the way. So in John chapter 1, verse 14, you have this verse. And, and it's been one of my favorite verses for years because few verses have formed my theology and the way I want to live out life with God more than John 1, 14. And a lot of times when I talk about John 1, 14 and I quote it, I quote the first part. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. The word became flesh and moved into the neighborhood. Like this is what we celebrate today. God became flesh. Like God stepped into this world. But there's, there's some other things in verse 14 as well. The word became flesh and dwelled among us. And we have seen his glory. Or we have beheld his glory. The glory of the one and only son. Who came from the father. And it ends with this. Full of grace and truth which is picked up on in verse 17 and 18, talking about the fullness of Christ, full of grace and truth. A few years ago, I told you a story. I grew up in a church where my junior and senior year of high school, it was a church that was very evangelistic. I don't know how well we did discipleship, but we had a passion for lost people to come to know Jesus. And there was one guy, he came to know Christ as, a, as, a, as an adult male. He was an adult. He came to know Christ, and then he started bringing his sister to church. And the sister he started to bring to church, she was a dancer. I know we got a lot of kids in the house today. I'm not talking about ballerinas, all right? You know what I'm saying? She was a dancer. For a few weeks, teenage boys had never paid attention in church better than they did those few weeks. But we could see this woman. 
through the songs that were sung on Sundays and the messages that were preached, like she would just, she would break because in her industry, most people are in that industry because there's been abuse in their life and they're trying to run from it. Like there's a lot of pain they carry. And we slowly began to see this woman learn about the grace of God and forgiveness of God and maybe there is a new way and what it means to leave an old way behind and to live a new life with Jesus. And then there was this Sunday that she went forward and she surrendered her life to Christ in baptism. And after church, dozens of people surrounded her and prayed. And as we surrounded her, right before we prayed, we had an elder in the church who went up and he put his arm around her and he said, we're so happy for you today, but next Sunday it's time for you to start dressing a little better. That's almost word for word what he said. And it embarrassed and humiliated her in front of everyone. Now, was there a time and a place to have conversations with her about dressing in ways that may honor God, but even more than that, like honors you? Yes, there are. But in that moment, she was humiliated. And I think back on that story every once in a while, because that was the last time I or we ever saw her in church. So, it's possible for us to be full of truth with a little bit of grace. And you probably can think of people in your life, people in your family, maybe in the church, who have got truth right, like they speak truth, like what they speak is true, yet it's a little bit of grace. And you can also probably think about and have examples in, that you've seen in, in, in your own life or, or in church when people are full of grace with a little bit of truth. And today you think, sometimes we think grace, we think unconditional love, we think full acceptance. We, like the last thing some people want to be known as is judgmental. Like I don't want anybody to think that I'm judging them about anything in life. So sometimes our message to the world or our message to each other is God loves you just the way you are. And sometimes the way we talk about it is like God loves you just the way you are, but we don't call each other or we don't call people to repentance or to righteousness or to take sin seriously so that we can pursue a life of holiness. So sometimes we can be people who are full of grace with a little bit of truth. And it's also possible in the world we live in today where we can have a little bit of truth and a little bit of grace. Just look around our entire culture or you hear people talk about my truth, like not the truth or not pursuing Jesus as the truth. Like we can have a little bit of truth or a little bit of grace. Yet Jesus comes to model for us what it's like to be full of grace and full of truth. The word full that you read in verse 14 and again later, just a few verses later, it is containing in itself all that it can hold. It is full to overflow. That there is never a moment that Jesus runs short on either. There is not one more grain of truth that can be placed in the heart of Christ. And there is not one more drop of grace that could be placed in his soul. This is what Jesus offers to the world and it is what Jesus offers to you. And you can try to half truth and or half grace your way through this life. But it's not what Jesus offers and it's not what Jesus asks of us. So come to this Jesus. Live for this Jesus. Believe in this Jesus. He is the light of the world. As we come to communion today, our last communion of the year together as a church, I know for those of you online, you're not able to see this, but for those of you in the room, maybe you've noticed the two pieces of art that hang on our walls in the back. 
And this is Art Kyle Taylor did in a sermon I preached, and this was probably over 10 years ago, where the one back here to my right, it started out as Saturn. It started out as a planet, and it ended up being a cup that was being extended to the world. And the one over here to my left, it started out as a planet as well. And this is back when we had two services. So it kind of both of them started out as a planet, yet turned into two different things. One was the bread, one was the cup. And the one over here to my left is the bread that is like coming into the world that the word became flesh and came to dwell. And we don't get the cross with Jesus on it if we don't get the Christmas message of Jesus coming into the world. And Jesus came into the world, lived a life, died, so that we could be reborn. His birth has led to our rebirth. So may John 1.14 be in your mind and on your heart as we take the bread and the cup this morning as a church. I want to ask our elders, uh, I can't remember who's uh, going to be up here to my right to receive people for prayer. If you'll come to my right, if we'll have an elder in the back to receive people. And let me pray, and then we're going to enjoy our last communion as a year together. Jesus, thank you for coming, full of grace, full of truth. And the language in John 1 is that this is to be received. So open up our hands and our hearts to receive this as a gift. Thank you for coming into this world, for living a life and even to the point of death, you could have said no, like you could have chosen not to, but you, you did it. So thank you for the love that is received in this moment. Touch our hearts, open our eyes. Through Christ we pray today. Amen.